My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers country. Rush the quarterback. You understand? All right, this is Steeler country. I'm your host, Tony. The Pittsburgh Steelers win another one, this time in Cincinnati against the Bengals, 24-20 to bring their win streak to now five in a row. This was a much closer game than I think a lot of people thought it would be, myself included. Um, I, we all thought this game was going to be a dirty game against the Bengals. We knew that they were going to come out and give the Steelers their best shot. We knew that they were going to be some uh, – it was going to be a rough game. It was going to be a, a dirty game. There were going to be some a- after-the-play stuff, some extracurricular stuff. But I think a lot of Steelers fans assumed that, that a lot of that would be on the Cincinnati end. And really, the story of this game, especially early on, was the Steelers beating themselves with stupid penalties and, and – and, uh, just playing out of character for them. Uh, that first drive, the Bengals went on. The Steelers got a nice three and out. They had a sack on on uh, Andy Dalton. Would have made it fourth and 15. The Steelers probably would have gotten decent field position. And instead, they're called for a face mask on that sack, uh, a 15-yard penalty, giving the Bengals an automatic first down, and then really gifting them points as they had the ball at midfield at that point. Drove down, um, actually got inside the Steelers' uh, red zone, and uh, but held, held the Steelers held them to a field goal. Uh, two drives later, you know, it's the same It's the same story, right? I mean, Andy Dalton goes deep in the end zone. Mike Mitchell has a chance in an interception. Doesn't make it, but it doesn't matter because on that same play, Artie Burns is called for pass interference. Uh, and they spot the ball right at the one-yard line. It takes Andy Dalton four times to get in, but they do, and they make the score, you know, they make it 10-3. to uh, And after they had made it, after the Bengals then scored another touchdown, making it 17-3, to the Steelers go down, they get a touchdown for their, of their own, but it's called back because of another penalty. This time, Le'Veon Bell in a chop block. Um, the Steelers held to a field goal there, 17-6. to it was, The worst point of this game was 17-3, to but 17-6, the, but to six, after having points taken off the board, it really felt like at that point, I'm sure to, uh, to a lot of Steelers fans, that this thing was just going to go the other way. This was the, one of those stupid games that was everything's going against the Steelers. They're beating themselves. They're not playing well. Um... And this thing was just going to get out of hand. Um, the Steelers got in a halftime 20-9, to and they really started to settle themselves in the second half. Um, those penalties started to go away, and you started to see this game you know, resemble a football game again. Uh, and this is where the Steelers' talent just, just took over. Uh, this was a game in which the Steelers really had to dig deep to win this one. They, they weren't playing particularly well, uh, especially on offense. They weren't able to score touchdowns in this game. They were settling for field goals, for long field goals. Boswell had to kick six field goals. Um, many of those over 40 yards, 49 yarders in this one. This was a game the Steelers had to dig deep. They had, they had to dig deep, especially in the second half. They were, they were down and out of it in the first half. They were killing themselves in the first half. They were letting the Bengals score. And in the second half, it, it really did change. And it changed, first of all, in the defensive end because they stopped giving up those penalties and they started to play the type of football that we are now accustomed to seeing from this team in these last five weeks. 
getting to Andy Dalton, maybe not getting the sacks that we wanted, but certainly making him think about the pass rush, making him get outside the pocket, and forcing him to make tougher throws than they did in the first half. Offensively, the Steelers continued to move the football, both their running and passing. They weren't able to score in the red zone, um, but they were able to convert points on every single drive. And then on defense, we got the big turnover. That is a thing we can expect now. That is becoming a thing we can expect now from this defense. In the last three weeks, the Steelers have come up with these big game-changing interceptions. First against Eli Manning, Lawrence Timmons comes up with a huge one in that game. Uh, Really a momentum-swinging play. After Ben's interception last week uh, in the end zone, Artie Burns comes up with a big one. Again, a momentum-changing play. And in this one, Lawrence Timmons' interception in the middle of the third quarter, was again a momentum-changing play. And it really, at that point, felt like this was just inevitable now, that the Steelers were eventually going to go down and score that touchdown, that they were going to take the lead, and they weren't going to give it up in the end. And and that is exactly what happened. The Steelers scored with Eli Rogers. uh, The defense held firm, and then they got the ball back with five, six minutes to go uh, and just were able to run out the clock. This is becoming now a trend for the Steelers and things that we can rely on with this football team. We are not the flashy score 30 but hope the defense doesn't kill us type of team that we thought we were going to be coming in. We are a much, much different football team. The things that now we can, we know with certainty we can rely on are number one, defensively we are very, very good in the red zone uh, and we are playing at a, we are playing at a high level defensively, whether it's getting to the quarterback, whether it's tackling the ball carrier, uh, whether it's coming up with big, timely turnovers. These are things that we can rely on from this defense. And on offense, what we can rely on is that this team can put together drives, especially late in games when it, when it counts to put the game away. The Steelers had the lead against the New York Giants. They drove right down the field, scored a field goal to put that game away at 24-14. to They did the same thing last week against the Buffalo Bills, and they did the same thing this week uh, against Cincinnati Bengals. It is something that now this team can build on and something we can rely on as we go into the playoffs. Uh, and, and make no mistake about it, this is this is a playoff. This looks like a playoff caliber team. This looks like a team in the AFC that you don't want to be facing. Um, you know, we may not be the the number one or two seed going into the playoffs, but we certainly are playing the kind of football that you want to be playing in December into January. There's a lot of things you know you can say about Ben Roethlisberger and you know his his inability. Um, you know, to to make big plays, especially um, down the stretch here in this in these road games. Uh, you know, not no one's going to be super thrilled by this offensive performance, right? It was it was a it was a good but not great offensive performance. Anytime you kick six field goals, you have to feel like you left a ton of points out on the field, and I'm sure the Steelers' offense feel that feels that way. But at the same time, you know, it is a far cry from what Ben Roethlisberger did in Buffalo just a week earlier. Uh, Le- you know, Le'Veon is Le'Veon and had a bunch of uh, good runs in this one. And it was more of the, the kind of game that we've seen from Le'Veon is this kind of wearing the defense out as it goes. It wasn't the big splashy plays like it was in Buffalo. This was more of a grinded out type of win. And it's a big win. Like Tomlin said, this is a, the Steelers did exactly what they needed to do in this game. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't a 30-point victory. They did literally exactly what they needed to do to win and no more. But that's all it takes. That's all it takes in December football. You just need to do the things that, that it takes to win, um, and that will that will get us where we want to go. Offensively, we have you know we are leaving a ton of points on the board. We we can be so much better offensively. Defensively, you know we're a very young unit. I know a lot of Steeler fans don't trust this unit yet, but I, I think 
For those of you out there who still are on the fence about this defense, it's time to buy in. It's time to start believing in this defense. It is not smoke and mirrors. They have not been doing this thing uh, you know, by sitting back and just tackling the ball carrier. They're an aggressive defense. They come at you. Uh, they, they force you out of your game plan. They force you out of your element. Um, and when it, they're not beating themselves, they're playing at, at, at a very high level. Guys are stepping up on this defense. Artie Burns, Sean Davis, and Javon Hargrave get all of the attention. And, and everyone's talking about, look at these three young players playing at such a high level. But let's give credit to, to these other guys. You know, Bud Dupree has come back. And while he hasn't been a dominant pass rusher, he has certainly given uh, that pass rush uh, the, the extra athleticism that, that it needed. You know, we're using Ryan Chazier on one end. And on other plays, we're able to use Bud Dupree on the other end, giving you two very athletic, fast uh, defensive ends, essentially, rushing the passer. Uh, Bud has uh, Bud has definitely his presence has been felt out there, along with you know James Harrison. This side giving that kind of bull rush, or when we put Shazier out there, you know Shazier had a humongous sack in this game coming up the middle. Lawrence Timmons is playing absolutely out of his mind. Uh, you know this is a guy who we're, we're probably not. This is probably his last year as a Steeler, and he is going out in a blaze of glory. That the two interceptions that he's had in these past couple weeks have been as big of as any in his entire career. Um, you got to give a huge shout out to to Mike Mitchell in the secondary, um, who earlier this year, you know, just disappeared, just off the face of the earth, disappeared. Him and Robert Golden. When when the team was doing poorly, you could really square it on the play of the safeties um, and and how little their in, their impact was. It has really been a complete 180 from that. And Mike Mitchell is now all over the field. He is making plays. Um, and he was, again, you know, during that Artie Burns uh, pass interference, he was the one that was breaking up that pass, could have had an interception. I um, mean, he's been all over the field on that defense. And then that defensive line, you know, they don't they don't get a ton of love. Um, but with Tewitt going down in this game, there was a lot asked of that defensive line. The Bengals were able to run the ball early in this game. And it was, and it was down to... With with Hargrave or excuse me, with Tuit going out, it was down to just Hargrave and LT Walton uh, and Ricardo Matthews, and then Ricardo Matthews went out in this game. We were down to really just two or uh, three healthy defensive linemen, and they stepped up big. This this defense didn't give up. I think more than forty yards or fifty yards total in the second half. The other unsung guy on this defense is Ross Cockrell, who again is playing at a very high level. Uh, you know, he's not going to be your shutdown corner. He doesn't have the type of athleticism that Artie Burns. He doesn't have the raw gifts that Artie Burns does. But he plays with great technique. He got in there with a couple pass breakups uh, in this in this game. And again, you know, I talked about this after the Dallas Cowboys game and, I, and how frustrated I was with the big plays that we were giving up. You know, you go back during this, this five-game winning streak and find me the big plays that the Steelers gave up on defense. The only one I can think of is the Charles Clay touchdown last week that and that game was already out of hand at that point um but this this has been a defense that again is making is making them earn it it's making them making an offense go down the field little by little um and it's no longer having it's no longer having to sit back and be conservative and try to hide its weaknesses because everyone's playing at such a high level that they can be a little bit more aggressive and that's turning around into sacks and interceptions during this five game span the Steelers have 19 sacks five interceptions that's almost four sacks a game and one interception a game. If they can continue that throughout the next five games, you know, this team's going to make a huge run in January. And it's going to be because of the defense. And, and you know, I, I, I kept saying as, as the year was going and everyone was giving up on this defense, I still believe that they could turn it around, that they could become the same style of defense that we had at the end of last season. And you're starting to see that now. 
the Steelers defense has playmakers on it. They were just young. They were inexperienced. Um, and during that, during that losing streak, everything started to come apart. Um, but really, this team got its head back on straight. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that, look, the schedule makers gave them the Browns and Colts back-to-back. Um, and you'll take it. Right, we'll take it because they were, this defense was able to find itself in those games. Uh, they were able to get to the quarterback in Cleveland, and got, they got what nine sacks in that game. But that was the kind of game that that this defense needed. They needed to get some confidence in themselves. A young team. Offensively, you know, we still have all the same problems that we we knew we had three, four, five. We, every, everything that we had, the problems we had coming out of the losing streak, we still have in the winning streak. We've just adapted the game to more suit what we can do. We can't be the, the bombs-away, chunk-yardage-type team. Sammy Coates is trying to get work back into this offense, and maybe he will, maybe he won't. I like to see him out there. I like to see them using him in that kind of Martavis end-around play uh, this week. I like to see him you know, catching a little out route at the end of the game. It's exciting to see Sammy back out there because, again, the Steelers need a number two receiver. I don't know if he's going to be that. I don't know how healthy he's he's going to be. How you know, two broken fingers on the same on the same hand. Are we going to get that? Is he going to? Is it just going to magically heal itself by January? Maybe, maybe not. But it doesn't really matter, right? This team is winning without that. They don't need the dominant number two. They don't need Martavis to win. Ladarius has come in, made huge plays, made a a, a big had a couple uh, big catches in this one, and really had a big day on the stat sheet. Um, I believe he had almost a hundred yards. 75 catches 72 this week. Had a couple big catches in this game. The one at the end where he, you know, he got concussed was, you know, maybe his biggest catch of the game because of number 1 the fact that he got absolutely destroyed on that play and what should have been a helmet to helmet uh penalty that was not called. But it but it ended the game, right? It was a third down play that the Steelers needed to convert uh to really seal the deal in this one. And they made that play. Eli Rogers coming up big in this game. You know, here here's a guy who you know, a lot of people are saying how disappointed they were that he hadn't become more involved in the offense. And I think as you're, as we're starting to develop these other weapons, the Eli Rogers effect just comes out of that, right? Eli Rogers in and of himself is not a go-to weapon, but he is the unaccounted for one, right? So when Ladarius starts to become more accounted for by a defense, and, in, and of course Antonio Brown is always accounted for, but now Le'Veon becoming more... Uh, accounted for Eli Rogers is just going to be the guy who eats up all the other yardage and you're and you saw that in this one right um he had a a bunch of big plays in this one including the touchdown um and he's becoming better he's he's getting better and better at route running at finding that open space and doing the things that you know he's going to be successful at uh throughout his career and then we have to give a shout out to to Chris Boswell who had uh, what is probably his best game of his career Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that was as impressive in this as this game. And I don't mean that just because he kicked six field goals. You know, kickers can kick six field goals every week if the offense if an offense lets them, right? Very rarely do you get an offense that drives down with this this much of success and has to kick field goals at the end of every drive. You know, it just so happened that this was that kind of week for the Steelers. But give Boswell credit because it wasn't as though these were all chippies, right? This was um, five field goals from 40 yards or longer in this game, and he made all of them in, in a stadium that was uh, very – it was a very, very cold weather game. This was, this was in the 20s, I believe, um, at, at kickoff. 
and then the you know the play that I think um, he needs to get the most credit for the forty nine yarder is fantastic. The, all, all the field goals are fantastic, but the play that really sealed the deal in this game and really uh, kept the Steelers in it is the the shoestring tackle on the kick return. I don't know what happened in the kick return in this game. I don't have an explanation for it. Special teams has not really been a problem, especially kick return has not been a problem for this team this year. They've been they've done a very good job of just kicking it out of the back of the end zone. And I know 538 wrote an article about how stupid it is to kick it out of the back of the end zone, but it's not and this is the reason why and, you know this game is the reason why. But if they had if they had returned it and I believe that was the the last possession of the uh um of the first half for the Bengals. This was the score was 20 to 6 at this point. The Steelers had just had that touchdown taken away from them on the Le'Veon penalty. And now the the Bengals are getting the ball. Erickson returns it for 72 yards. Could have been could have been all of them. Could have been 100. If not for Boswell's shoestring tackle, that would have made the game 27 to 6. A much much different game. And the Steelers' defense holds them to a field goal there. Again, you know, we talk about that red zone defense. I mean, again, this game, I believe that was, you know, three red zone stands in this game. And I know they gave up the touchdown on fourth down. But again, it is two two red zone stops and then forcing them into a fourth and goal from the one. And that choice shows you what kind of red zone defense this team has. It is not smoke and mirrors. That is not, you know, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, and I was like, oh, what if the dam breaks and teams just start scoring in the red zone? Hasn't happened, and I think at this point we can safely say it won't happen going forward. So that leaves the Steelers now at 9-5 and five coming out of this football game. They come out of this game, you know, relatively healthy, right? The, the things that Joe, Mike, and I talked about last week, Ben getting hurt, A.B. getting hurt, Le'Veon getting hurt. Didn't happen. They stayed They stayed clean in this game. And it wasn't, you know, wasn't as though Burfecht didn't try. I mean, you know, he, he threw Ben down on an obvious uh, end-around play. But they got out of this game relatively healthy. Stephon Tewitt tweaked his knee very early in the game. Um, he had an MRI. It seems like he's dodged anything significant in that knee. Now, whether or not he'll play against Baltimore is a completely different story. Uh, we probably won't know that until Friday or Saturday. But he'll at least be available in the weeks to come. And then the other big injury in this game was Ladarius Green and the, the concussion that he got at the end of the game. This one's a little more concerning just because that he has a history with concussions. There was a report in the beginning of the year that part of the reason he didn't play uh, at the beginning of the season and, and participate in any kind of training camp or practices earlier in the year is because not only because of that ankle surgery, but because he had he was having headaches from those concussions he had last season. Now that now that report ended up being probably false. Uh, Tomlin was asked if anyone was in the concussion protocol at that time, and Tomlin said no, um, meaning Ladarius is not in the concussion protocol. So unlikely that you know he, that that report was true, but still, those concussions that he had last year kept him out for a significant part of last season. And now another one uh, at the end of this season threatens to keep him out, not just against Baltimore, but you have to wonder if this is going to be a lingering thing for him um, in the next couple of weeks. And then, of course, 
you know, you th- start thinking about his career as a whole, and uh, you know how many concussions is you know is too many, that kind of thing. Um, it's a concerning injury, no matter no matter what the player, but certainly a player with with his history. Um, you just worry about his long term health. So we'll see what happens with him. You know, he's still in the concussion protocol. Again, we we won't know with him um, until later in the week if he if he'll be able to play against Baltimore. I would doubt that he would play. I, I, if I had to put Money on it, I would say two it is much more likely than Ladarius Green. And that's going to mean that the Steelers are going to have to win a football game against the Baltimore Ravens defense, you know, without their number two go-to target um, at the at the wide receiver slash tight end position. Ladarius had really filled a hole that was left by the Sammy Coates, Darius Hayward Bay injuries, uh, Marcus Wheaton injuries. And it means they're going to have to rely more on getting the ball to A.B. and getting the ball to uh, Le'Veon Bell and then trying to find ways to work Jesse James back into the offense, to work Sammy Coates back into the offense, to work Xavier Grimble back into the offense, to try and see if Kobe Hamilton can get going. You know, Kobe Hamilton had a, um, a big catch in this one. I believe it was a 30-yarder, uh, 21-yarder. But again, you know, Kobe Hamilton is good for those one, two catches a game. Um, the Steelers need someone who can fill, who can fill the Ladarius Green void, which has now become this, you know, five catches, seventy to ninety yards type thing. It's an interesting problem for this team to have. I don't think it's going to be a huge concern in this game. Uh, we'll probably just end up seeing more Jesse James, probably more checkdowns to Le'Veon Bell, uh, more designed plays for Antonio Brown. But it would be very it would be very nice to have Ladarius Green, especially someone that the Ravens haven't faced before. You'd like to have an X factor. Now the Steelers also haven't faced Sammy Coates, right? Sammy Coates uh, in that Baltimore game was non-existent. He that was you know kind of the peak of his hand injury or his his fingers. Um, so if he can get worked back into the offense again, it's spectacular. You know the Steelers can beat the Ravens on big chunk plays. Um, they have done that in the past. The last time the Steelers faced the Baltimore Ravens with both Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown all healthy was the 2014 season. It was week 9 or 10, and it was Ben Roethlisberger's second six-touchdown game in a row. That's one of the most interesting things to me in, in looking back at this rivalry now. Look, the Steelers, yes, they have lost four in a row to the Baltimore Ravens. That goes back to the 2014 playoff game. Um, in Pittsburgh, in which Le'Veon Bell did not play. D'Angelo Williams not even on the team yet. The Steelers had to sign Ben Tate off the off the waiver wire uh, and split carries between him and Josh Harris. That was a game that, again, was a, 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 a major key in that game was penalties. The Steelers were penalized for over 100 yards in that game. The Steelers ended up losing that football game. They have gone on to lose three straight uh, they've gone on three more and four straight. Last year's game, the infamous one, Ben gets hurt against St. Louis. Michael Vick has to come in. We all remember that game. That's the Scobie game. The next time they play is week 16. A very fluky game. The Steelers didn't need to win, but certainly uh, wanted to win because they controlled their own destiny at that point in the playoff race. Again, no Le'Veon in that game. Le'Veon was hurt, but Ben did play. 
The Steelers lost that game against Ryan Mallett. Strange game. Very, very strange game. Then again, this earlier this year, Ben, Bell, and Brown all did play in that game in Baltimore. If you think Ben Roethlisberger was healthy in that game, you're crazy. But that was that that has been the streak now. It 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 started with no Bell in the playoffs. Then it went to no Ben. Then no Bell again, and then you know half of Ben in this first one. It'll be interesting. It's going to be a fun game to watch because we finally are going to get to go against the Baltimore Ravens at full strength on offense with the the full complement of the weapons. Um, and, I, and I'm very interested to see this one. This Look, this team, yes, they've lost four in a row. And I, look, I don't want to make excuses for every time they've lost because the Baltimore had injuries in these games too. But at the same time, watching Ben, watching Bell, watching Brown, if you just look back at what has happened this year, first two games of the year, uh, first three games of the year, no Le'Veon Bell. Then they beat the Jets. They beat the Chiefs. Then Ben gets hurt. They all come back. They're finally healthy against Dallas. They lose to Dallas. They then win five straight. If you just look at the games in which Ben, Bell, and Brown have all been healthy this year, Pittsburgh Steelers are 7-1 and one in those football games. In games in which one of those guys misses or is not healthy, they're 2-4. and four. And then the other thing that gets me excited about this football game is watching this defense go up against Joe Flacco. I, I, I think the defense in the, in the Baltimore game was not actually, uh, didn't actually play poorly, uh, just, just gave up that big play against Mike Wallace. Um, ended up being a game changer. You know, the, the Steelers and Ravens at that point were kind of playing a defensive uh, slugfest, and giving up a 90-yard touchdown uh, is just too easy in a game like that. And, and really, games like that come down to plays like that, which is why I'm so excited on the other side to see Bell, Brown, and Ben all play together because this, I feel like, is going to be the same type of game. This is going to come down to whoever who can make the bigger plays, who can make the big plays in this game, who can exploit what the other teams do poorly. If Flacco can play his game, if he can avoid pressure, if he can make quick decisions and make the right decision, and they can run the football, they will win this football game. The Baltimore Ravens will win. If, if they can get to Ben Roethlisberger, if they can shut down Le'Veon Bell, if they can turn this offense into kind of a one-dimensional, Le'Veon's not going to run, and you're not going to beat us with A-B, and the, you have to find something else, it's the exact same thing they did to us in that first game. They will, the Ravens will win this football game. But by the same token, if the Steelers can get pressure on Joe Flacco, if they can get big turnovers, and on offense, if they can get, if they can sustain drives and put up points and continue to put pressure on the Baltimore Ravens offense to then counter with their own points, that's the recipe for the Steelers to win this football game. And which one of those sounded more like the Steelers football team we've watched this year? What the Steelers have to do in this football game is what they've done in every other game in this winning streak. Run the football, move the football, score points, whether it be field goals or touchdowns, score points. And then on defense, wreak havoc and cause turnovers. Get big, long third downs. Get the ball back to the offense. That's what they've been doing all year. And against Joe Flacco, 
that kind of pressure and the, the kind of havoc that they've caused to offenses with Joe Flacco turns into interceptions, but then turns into points, right? Turns into turnovers, which then turns into points. I don't know that this game is going to be very close. I think the Steelers, at this point in the year, they're playing as as they're playing as well as they've as, as they played all year. And I know that sounds stupid because there's those two games right after Le'Veon and uh, right after Le'Veon came back, and they just killed the Chiefs and they killed the Jets, and everything was like, oh, everyone's like, oh, this team is this team is playing fan. They, they can't be playing any better than this. And maybe that's true. Maybe those two games were like the peak. But they weren't the peak as far as sustainability. And you saw that right away. Because that team is gone now and it's not coming back. But this team, the team that's playing now, is playing as well as it can and it's sustainable. And now they're finally... Look, this is a team that we all said all year how poorly they play on the road. That Eagles game was like, oh man, that's the, that's the shitty road game where they just play bad and they lose and you can't explain it. Well, what happened to that kind of game on this four-game losing streak, or on this four-game road, uh, this four-game road trip? Four out of these five games on this road trip, or were, were road games. Four out of this, four out of the five of this winning streak were road games. Where was the shitty? Oh, we can't explain it. Road loss could have been last week against Buffalo. Ben played like shit. Didn't happen. Could have been this week. The team just shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. Put themselves in a twenty-to-six hole. Didn't happen. They won. So now you're telling me that after that, after beating five teams in a row, including the New York Giants, including their rival Cincinnati Bengals, that they're then going to go home where they've, where they've played their best games all year. And they're going to lose? No. No. Look, you look back at what this team has done at home this year. They beat the Bengals. And that game was... Was close at the end, but that was really a shellacking the Steelers put on the Bengals, especially defensively. They beat the crap out of the Chiefs. I mean, just beat the crap out of the Chiefs. They did the same thing to the Jets. Without, without Ben Roethlisberger, they played the Patriots as close as you could have expected a team led by Landry Jones to play them. They lost that game late, but they were in that game into the third quarter. Late into the third quarter. And then they played the Dallas Cowboys. And they played the Dallas Cowboys, again, right down to the wire. They took the lead in that game with, what, 40 seconds to go? 40 seconds to go. They had the the best team in football on the ropes. And you expected me to believe now, after a five-game winning streak, oh, and then they beat the Giants. Then Then they went on to beat the Giants, the hottest team in football right now, a team, that, a team that would have a gigantic winning streak. I think it would be nine games to this point if they hadn't lost to the Steelers. And in that nine-game winning streak, they've beaten the Dallas Cowboys. That's the team the Steelers beat at home. Did you expect me to believe that run just happened? Where we played the Cowboys to the bitter end. And yes, we lost that football game, but it was a very tight football game. We went toe-to-toe with them, punch for punch, had them on the ropes with 40 seconds to go. Then go, on a, then go on a five-game winning streak, four of those games on the road, including beating the New York Giants. And then we're going to go home for the Ravens, and we're going to lose? No. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for the way that this team is playing football right now. I cannot see this team losing this game. I understand how it can happen. The Ravens play us tough. This, this could end up being a close, 
Steelers-Ravens type game. But it just feels to me the tra- with the trajectory of both of these teams right now that Baltimore, they've been squeaking by some games, especially last week against, against uh, the Bengals, or excuse me, against the Eagles. And the Steelers are ready to explode. They haven't had the explosion game yet. They haven't done, they haven't blown anybody out recently. They've been squeaking by on the road. They've been they've been they've they've played some poor games on offense. It just feels like getting in front of that home crowd as they've done in the past. They play some bad games, then they get in front of their home crowd and boom, everything just turns around for them. That's what this game feels like to me. Obviously it goes without saying this game is the division. You know, we Mike and I talked about the playoff picture last week. The Steelers win, they win the division. The Steelers lose. There's a whole bunch of other things that can happen where the Steelers could actually be eliminated from wild card contention this week. Um, you know that that involves Miami winning. Yeah, I'm not going to go over any of the the BS stuff, right? The bottom line here is the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens. They are your AFC North division champion. They will probably be the three seed. They will probably play someone like Miami or Baltimore or Denver. They could wind up a two seed, but again, that's another very convoluted uh, set of things that has to happen. But ultimately, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens. They're in three seed, and we, you know, we make this run in the playoffs and see what this team is made of. I think that's what's been building all year. We've been building to this game, to this moment. Shedding all of the BS of all season. Oh, it's going to be the offense that's going to screw you. Oh, it's going to be the defense. It's going to be Ben. It's going to be road games, yada, yada. It hasn't been that yet. This game, I mean, this is the season. The Steelers can back in. I mean, they can lose this game and they can back in. But ultimately, this is everything that this season has been building towards. What what does Le'Veon do in his first game against Baltimore in two years? How does Ben respond from that performance he had in, against Baltimore? How does this defense respond? You go back and watch that game tape against Baltimore from whatever it was five, six weeks ago. It's a very different defense. No Sean Davis on that defense. Anthony Ciccolo starting. Jarvis Jones playing significant snaps. Arthur Moats playing significant snaps. It's just a it's just a very different team. This team has kind of has grown so much since that point. Baltimore's you know, Baltimore's probably playing better offensive football than they were then, and their defense is legit. But it's this is a home game for the Steelers. This is a game for all the marbles, and this is a team that just has the look. I think the Steelers win this one going away. And if I have to get on this podcast next week and talk about a Steeler loss, to me it would be shocking. It would be shocking. I can't see, I cannot see this football team going through what they've gone through this year and being this healthy at this point and finding a way to lose. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, with that being said, We'll wrap this thing up. 
If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. And you, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you can find podcasts. We're on there. I will talk to you next week after a big Steeler win.